Thanks for tuning in to Empowered for Life. This podcast has been produced to empower your destiny and your dreams. We'll talk with everyday heroes, those not always in the lights and cameras, but are doing amazing things with their lives. During our conversations, we'll find out just how life has worked out for them and what inspires them to successfully carry out their dreams. I'm sure you'll want to listen up and find out their secrets to life. And now, let's join our host, Mark Griffo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm so glad you are listening. And today I have a very, very special (laughs) guest. It is my mother-in-law, Joanne Lee. She has four kids, 11 grandchildren, and nine great grandchildren. She's been married 65 years to Dwayne Lee. Joanne, welcome to our program. And thank you, Mark, my (laughs) (laughs) son-in-law. Anyway, it's good to be here and be with you. It is so good to have you here. Let's get right into our podcast. Let's talk about how did your amazing story in life begin? Okay, many years ago, many, many, as you know, (laughs) if we've been married 65 years. (laughs) Anyway, in Eugene, Oregon, we started out and I was uh, born and I was raised in a minister's home. And uh, so in church all of my life. And um, after high school, my parents really wanted me to go to one year of at least of Bible college, so I went there. And then after that, I was trying to determine in my life just what I wanted to do. I had thought about going to another school locally that had a very good musical program, and, and that was my love. And uh, But as I was sitting one morning in our kitchen at the home, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, not audibly, but really talked to me and said, why have I placed you in this home? And that was because my parents were ministers. And he says, I have brought you up in this home. It is for training because my purpose for you is to be a minister's wife. Mm. And then I said, okay, God, who on earth could that be? Because there was nobody at the school that I really liked. (laughs) But the following year, my husband transferred to the school. And that is the rest of the story or the end of the story as far as us getting together and our marriage and going on into ministry. You were married in what year? 1957. My goodness. That is such a great story. I love what you just said about the Holy Spirit spoke to you and told you. You know, that is what the Holy Spirit is best at doing. Mm -hmm. He talks to us, and then when He shares something with us, you know, sometimes it happens immediately, sometimes it takes time. But to have a listening ear and then just begin watching and waiting and seeing what God's going to do is such a great Mm -hmm. enjoyment, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that's why I went back to the school and... Yeah. <laughs> and there was your prince in shining armor. That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, you have been in ministry a long time. You know, you are, first of all, let me just say, a great mother-in-law. It's so beautiful you. to be part of this family. And you loved on me. You loved on your daughter, obviously, Deborah. We got married and had kids, and now you have all these grandkids. Yes. You're such mm-hmm. a faithful woman. You have moved forward in life with such solidarity and such commitment. I want to hone into one particular topic today, and that is, you know, you've been a minister's wife 
a long time, and there might be a lot of people in ministry today, and there might be some women listening to this that have newborns, they might have toddlers, they might have teenagers, they might have full-grown kids, but let's talk about what kind of advice you would give women today in ministries that are specifically moms. How did you handle that in life? You had four kids and you did ministry so well. You supported your husband. Talk to us about that process. Okay, as you go into a church and you become that pastor's wife, there are many people, all different backgrounds, all different ages, and uh, you learn from them as well as they learn from you. But as the children are part of your life also, they become involved in the church, and that is a part of their life. So we do the best we can as far as the church, but then we also try to tried to and did do other things with other places, for other places, like we would take them to the parks, we would take them uh, to different areas, to different things that they could see, activities they could become involved in, so it wasn't just church. So to me, it's a balance. You need to, you have the church and you have the people there, but you also need to take time for your family. They're most important, first God and then your family. This is so good because I feel, and you know, Deborah and I, we've been in ministry a long time. You've watched us. Mm-hmm. And you use that word balance. It's so important because when we're involved in a career, we think that that's all there is in life mm-hmm. and nothing else matters. And if it does matter, it's pushed aside. And I think down through the years, we've seen so many people just make ministry their number one focus and their children have suffered from that. Mm -hmm. And balance, how did you balance that? (laughs) How did I balance that? That's a very good question because it takes time and thought and energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that our children were loved the church. They had friends at the church, but I didn't feel that was everything in life for them. So, like I said, we took them places. Mm -hmm. We got them involved in other activities like sports or theater or music, depending on their likes, and uh, so that they could also socialize with people that aren't in the church. And I think that's important for them to Mm -hmm. have a balance in their life also. And uh, it was just thinking of things and planning, Mm -hmm. which takes time on our part. Yeah, it does. It takes time. And I just love that word balance because I think that's what life is all about. We can get so lopsided in Mm -hmm. areas that other areas suffer. Can you think, Joanne, of like the biggest challenge? And I know this might be an impromptu question for you, (laughs) but like, what was the biggest challenge? Was it like getting your kids up on a Sunday morning, getting them all dressed and God, go to church and we get the car? Or was it, you know, dealing with other things? Can you think of the biggest challenge that you had raising your kids? Well, of course, raising or getting them up every morning, whether it was church or school, <laughs> it was a challenge. That's a big challenge for anybody. <laughs> Once you get them up, then it's fine. Uh, my biggest challenge probably wasn't for them, I'm trying to think, 
The reason I did not want to be a minister's wife, maybe I didn't tell you this, because my parents were minister's wives, I always said, no, I'm not going to be one. Mm. But I always felt I had to be the example. Mm. And for me, the challenge was to raise our children so they were an example because of who Christ was in them, but not because they had to be for the people. And to me, that was my challenge. I did not want them to ever feel that they had to be something for somebody else. That is so good. I'm telling you, you did that well. I know all your kids, obviously. I know Deborah the best. (laughs) And you know, you raised her just like you just said. You know, and it's all about what's in them because each child Mm -hmm. has a different gifting, Mm -hmm. has a different talent, has a different track in life. And you've got to discern all that. And I love what you said. It's, you know, you're not raising your kids for the sake of the church. You're raising your kids for the sake of their own lives and getting them on track in what God has for them, Mm -hmm. right? That's true, yes. And that is so good. As people are listening today and, you know, the ministers' wives are listening, what cautions would you give them today? What cautions would you give wives in dealing with their husbands and their children and the church, is there any cautions that would be in your heart that you could display to them today? Well, the caution, of course, is to remember and know that nobody's perfect. (laughs) And um, you will need to deal with that. There's the ups and there's the downs. But... My caution, as I think of it, is a lot of times when you go to a church or you're in a church, there will be those also who want to take your time. Mm. And they will call you. I've had them call every day. And, you know, you try to help and you try to be patient. But you have to realize your ministry, as far as a ministry within the church, is all the people But just be aware there are those that are going to try to take all of your time. You're right. You know, as I look back, even as you're talking, in situations where people would call you every day, like you said, Mm -hmm. and they want to vie for your time, you know, when your kids might be screaming, they're Mm -hmm. hungry, you have to be honest with them. Look, I don't have time right now. You're important, but... I don't have time to deal with your particular question, maybe another time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just need to be super honest because I think there's an expectancy people have about the pastor's wife. Yes. You know, right? <laughs> How, you know, did you ever feel that expectancy come upon you? Well, in our first years of pastoring, my husband pastoring, I probably had this feeling that I really needed to... Um, have people like me all the time, hmm. you know, so you try to do everything, you try to do the best, you try to, you know, say the right things. And um, then I don't know if this is really getting off the subject, but I came to a place in my life where, and I feel this was the Lord talking to me, you don't have to really please the people, you just have to please me, you just oh. have to please me. Boom. And uh, when I really realized that, I was free. 
I could, knew I was pleasing the Lord. Of course, I didn't want to offend. I knew I had to have the right kind of love, regardless of what maybe mm-hmm. they did. But I was free to please the Lord. And i just give you an example. This is something that's sort of under criticism, which you'll get as a pastor's wife sometimes. Oh, really? Is that right? <laughs> you got criticism? <laughs> but when we moved to Florida, we had a church, um, well, first of all, Florida seemed like they had different rules in their church than what I grew up in. (laughs) And so when we moved there in the winter, we also had people come down from many different churches from the north and came to our church. So I was surprised at how many views there were. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is this, as a pastor's wife, I should not wear any slacks or pants. Oh my goodness. And one day I decided we were having a picnic and I was going to wear my pantsuit and it looked very nice, but there was some criticism. And But I just had to take it as God, I only have to please you. And if you accept this, that's what counts, but still be nice and liking to them. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. I think... And if I'm wrong, correct me, but I think there are situations in church environments where we feel like we need to always please the people first. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it is in ministry. When we please God, you know, that's the bottom line. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. when we feel like God's telling us to do this and we know He's honored, then that's really all that matters. And I feel if you're going to please God, you're going to automatically... Please the people most of the time, you know. And and like I said, it was a freeing moment for me. Yeah, it really was. That's the other word that stuck Mm -hmm. out to me when you were Mm -hmm. talking. When you please God, there's freedom. Mm -hmm. And I want to say to any women out there that are in ministry, if you feel bound in that you have to please other people, make that decision right now that I'm going to only please God. And if Amen. other people fall in line with that, great. If they don't, that's great. Mm-hmm. But what happens is you are going to feel that freedom, right, Joan? That's what yes. you felt. That's it. And true. that freedom, you can't buy mm-hmm. with all the money in the world that freedom, right? That is correct, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is like so wonderful. Um, dealing with your children, can you think of some of the most interesting times with your children like did your children ever like embarrass you in front of people and how did you deal with that or can you think any moments like fun moments like that you just laughed it off (laughs) oh yes (laughs) (laughs) come on tell us one um okay we were at um a family's house for dinner Uh and um they served chicken, and so we're all sitting around the, the table, and all of a sudden, one of our daughters, and if she hears this, she'll know who, <laughs> one of our daughters said, oh, look, at there's, there's a little hair on this chicken. <laughs> and uh, my husband gives her a little kick under the table, and she says, stop kicking me, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had a nice little... <laughs> Talk afterwards, but oh my goodness! <laughs> so that was the one time in particular I remember. Oh my I know goodness. there were others, but right off the top of my head, I can't remember others. <laughs> children, they're so much fun. Uh-huh. We have four kids, and raising them was. I remember one time when one of our children, and they'll know who this is when we talk about <laughs> it, <laughs> that they just wouldn't get their clothes on for church, <laughs> and they just like put on this little temper tantrum, and we said, "Fine." Deborah said. 
then you're going to wear your pajamas to church. And we took those, we took that child to church in their pajamas and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, people would look like, where are your children in your pajamas? Because they didn't want to get dressed this morning. Like, you know, that's real life, uh-huh. right? And that's what we're dealing with, real life and situations. Oh, yeah. kids are so much fun. Yes. And we thank God for each one. All your kids are now adults and they have kids of their own and they're raising them in such that's right. good fashions. And yes. that's an honor, isn't it? And a it privilege is. To watch it that. is. Yes. Uh-huh. I can be thankful, really, that I we have had no rebellion, which I know sometimes mm-hmm. Children do rebel, and um, I look at them and look at their children and just thank God every day for what He has allowed to happen within the family. Then, of course, I continue to pray for the generations to come. Yes, let's talk about that, because there are some listening, perhaps, people in ministry that have children that they've raised well, Mm -hmm. and they have become as you use the term rebellious, what would you advise those parents to do in that kind of situation with those rebellious children? They need to just love them, love on them, and pray, of course. That is the most important. Um, I don't think it does any good to talk to them and try to talk them into doing what Mm -hmm. you think that they should do. But just show your love to them and uh, pray. I um, know that whatever you have reaped into their lives, or sown into their lives, I'm sorry, will reap forth one of these days. Mm -hmm. That's God's word. And what we need to do, or what I would need to do if I had a child, is that I would just need to thank God every day for his salvation or her salvation, because I believe God does answer that prayer, and you will see the reward. Come on, that's so good. You know, I interviewed Dwayne not too long ago, and he said, just visualize it in your spirit. Mm -hmm. Visualize that Mm -hmm. child. Because, you know, we raise our kids, right? We raise them on godly foundations. Yes. And I've always said that when you raise your kids on this strong foundation, they're always going to remember that, and they're always going to go back to that. Mm -hmm. Right? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from that truth. That's true. Uh And as we raise our kids, you know, we're going to see an important legacy left and we're going to see great things done. Speaking of legacy, you know, Joanne, what would you say you would want your greatest legacy to be on this earth? You know, when we're in heaven and, you know, your kids are living their life and your kids are having kids and, you know, they think about Grandma Lee what kind of legacy, or, you know, people think about Joanne Lee and the great pastor's wife she was. What kind of legacy do you want to leave on this planet? That is really something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that I would like people to think that I was an encourager. I uplifted them in spirit. Hmm. I prayed with them. I would like them to know that I was in the Word, but of course some of them couldn't see, but my children could know and see. Hmm. I think that is important for them, as I would want them to do that. Mm-hmm. And just uh, a sweet woman of God. Yes, <laughs> and that you have been. 
And that's even the legacy I see one of the things in you. You are the sweetest woman, and you have treated people so well in life, and it's amazing, amazing to see. That's a great legacy. I think when our kids see that we've been in the Word, we're praying for them. You know, I know you're a prayer. I know you intercede. I know we've talked about this. You know, you really do pray. When you say, I'm going to pray about that, you do that. Like yeah. when I ask you to pray for us when we're on a missions trip or some kind of, you know, trip for ministry, I know that I can count on your prayers for that. Deborah knows yes. that we can count on your prayers. That's I mean, that good. is so reassuring for us. <laughs> but I think that's a great legacy. All right, let's talk about your husband. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Let's not really talk about him, but you know, you've stood with him all of these years, 65 years in ministry. What does it mean to stand by your husband in ministry? Okay, that sounds like an old song, Stand By Your Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, we are one in marriage and I think we're one in ministry, too. Although I know every minister's wife's life is different than mine. Some may have to work, and uh, some may not be as involved in church work as I was. But we did so much together. And uh, you want your husband to aspire to fulfill the call of God in his life, and as I think of my husband, I also feel that I wanted to honor him. Mm. I wanted to pay him reverence. And I wanted to even be that example of honor and reverence before the people. Mm. Because he was their shepherd as he was my shepherd. And I learned from him. But anything that we did together we were united and we went forth. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I did individual things. I never preached very little. <laughs> I shouldn't say I never. I preached very little. But I did and was involved in many other aspects. But we really worked together closely. And um, sometimes maybe there was some criticism and it hurt you. But uh, we were just close. We were one in ministry mm -hmm. as well as one in marriage. One in ministry as well as one in marriage. That line, I think, needs to go into the heart of everyone in ministry because we cannot do it alone. I cannot be a church leader. I could not have been a pastor. Mm -hmm. I could not have done what I have done in ministry without my wife being one with me. Mm -hmm. You know, and, I mean, you've been in this 65 years. It's like you could probably write volumes about what's <laughs> happened in 65 years. But one thing I know, you have stood with Dwayne. Yes. And you said a word that's so important. And I want to talk about this word. You said you've honored him. Let's talk about what does that mean? You know, there's so much dishonor going on in society mm -hmm. today, in marriages, you know, in public mm -hmm. in different arenas there's so much of dishonor going on what does it mean to honor your husband for honoring i give him respect mm. i give him attention i uplift him if it's with other people mm -hmm. 
uh, there's many ways that you can honor, but um, I don't know. To me, it's sort of a reverence also. He's my leader. He's my spiritual leader, just as well as he's other people's spiritual leader. And I need to take heed to what he says also. Wow. That's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think ministers' wives think about what you just said. My husband is also my pastor. Mm-hmm. And there's that honoring respect, right? Now, what if a woman is the pastor and the husband okay. isn't? I think it's vice versa. Vice versa. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. there has to be mm-hmm. that honoring going on. Well, because I believe that's a foundational principle of marriage. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And we have to apply that in every part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And you've honored Dwayne so well. As you have moved forward in life, and as you are moving forward in life, you know, you are in your golden years. You know, you've been married, yes. <laughs> what, 63, 63 years? Mm-hmm. That's a long time. A long like, time. I thought 41 years is a long time. <laughs> That's how long we've been married. Like, what's it like to be married 63 years? When you look back on those years, did they go by fast? Did they go by slow? Can you believe it? Or talk to me about what your heart says about that. No, I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) It has gone by fast. I mean, one year at a time, but uh, the first thing you know, your children are out of the household, and Mm. so where did the time go? Mm -hmm. So it has gone by very fast, and I still feel very young, I think. (laughs) But um, Mm -hmm. when I think of 63 years, I just thank the Lord um, for those 63 years. And even though it's many, we've had a fulfilled and... uh, a deep life, uh, just in the natural and in the spirit. And I just thank the Lord for them. And um, He is going to be with us in the next few. That's right. <laughs> you are young at heart, both you and Dwayne, and I believe God has many more beautiful years for you as you move forward. As we bring this podcast to a close, if there's anything, and I just want to give you an open mic, I want you just to talk to our listeners Husbands and wives together, pastors' wives, you know, moms, mm-hmm. young moms, older moms. I just want to open this mic up for a couple minutes. Why don't you just take some time and talk what's on your heart? Okay. Um, several years ago, I remember someone coming up to me I was playing the organ at the end of a service and someone came up to me who was a visitor in that church and uh, said be not weary in well doing and at the time I thought I feel fine I'm not weary and uh, what you know why did she say that to me but that has stuck with me and and at different times through life I have thought of that be not Mm. weary in well doing because there are those times that you are maybe worn and uh, think I need a vacation, which maybe you do. But as I read the scripture where that came from, it is talking about the planting of the seed. And we did talk a little bit about that with our children. But as a minister or a minister's wife or layperson, whoever would hear this, you plant seeds, you plant good seeds Hmm. into your children. You plant seeds into your neighbor, you plant seeds into the people you go to church with, and 
So you are planting seeds. And then it says, be not weary in well-doing. You've done your work. It's been a labor at times. It's been a joy at times. But then it says the harvest will come. Mm. And maybe you haven't seen that harvest. Some of you mothers and dads haven't seen the harvest of your children coming to the Lord. Or you will never know until you get to heaven the harvest of the souls Mm -hmm. that have come to the Lord because of your words and because of your encouragement and uplift. You are there and have been there for a purpose. God has given you a purpose in life, and that purpose is to do His will. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of the time you have and the planting of the seed that you're going to plant and know that as you have done the will of God, the harvest, the harvest will come. And we thank the Lord that as in our years of age, we may not know everything, but I thank God I can believe in the harvest. Wow. Boom. <laughs> That's so good, Joanne. Would you take 60 seconds and just pray over our audience? Okay. What you just said. Okay. God, we don't know the situation of the people who are possibly listening to this, but you know the heart and the life of each individual. Mm -hmm. You know where they are in the seasons of their life, and God, you are always there. Mm -hmm. I thank you that as they are doing your will, serving your purpose for them, that you are working through them, and that lives are being changed, Mm -hmm. and lives are growing in you. And at the same time, they grow. We grow through the lives of other Mm -hmm. people as we minister. So, Father God, give them your mercy you have already, and their grace, and may they see the harvest that you are giving them. And I thank you that they will remain faithful and that they will continue to labor, but they're not weary because they know they're doing your will. Thank you for answering their cry and answering their prayer. In thy name we do pray and give you glory and all. Amen. Amen. Joanne, thank you so much for taking time to talk to our audience and talking your heart today. I believe that people have been empowered today, pastors' wives, pastors, families, children. They've all been empowered to take the next step in life and go forward without giving up. You've given Mm -hmm. them inspiration. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. And on a personal note, as my mother-in-law, I'm (laughs) super proud of you. You are the best, and I'm so grateful for you, so grateful for what God has done through you. And it's been a great journey in life yes, with uh-huh. you in the family. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we you love too. you so much. You too. It's been great. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on Empowered for Life. I just trust this has taken you uh, to new heights, new levels. And until we meet again, this is Pastor Mark. And I just want to remind you today that make sure you do what it takes to be empowered for life. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this has inspired you to take the leap of faith and step into your dreams. For more information on booking Mark at your seminar, event, or conference, please contact him at mark at empoweredforlife.today. 
If you care to advertise on this podcast, drop us an email. Until next time, we hope this podcast has empowered you for greatness.